I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Can you say the letter C? Hunt Files. All right, welcome back, CC Hunt Files. I'm your host, Clint Casper. Man, I am stoked on this one with it being March already. Gosh dang, it's uh, it's sheds and turkeys. Um, we covered sheds last week. You know what we're covering this week. I got a hell of a guest on. I'm super, super excited about this one. Uh, man, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun one. Buckle up, get yourself a drink, notepad pen and paper, whatever, laptop, I don't care what you use, you're going to want to take notes on this one. Beforehand, let's run through these sponsors that make the wheels go around on the wagon here. Uh, Grizzly Coolers, WCB is the code. They will be at the Iowa Deer Classic. I believe they are very close to our booth. Um, Love the hell out of those guys. We will be drinking beer out of those Grizzly Coolers all weekend. Make sure you stop by. They've got a ton of great new products coming off the line hot. I believe the next few months they're going to be releasing a lot of that stuff, and they might even have a few sneak peeks at the show. I might get in trouble for saying that, so I hope I'm not wrong on that, but uh, if I was wrong, I apologize. I'll get yelled at here in a few days. Black Obis, code WCB10. If you are a turkey guy, and that is what we are going to talk about on this podcast the entire time, can't stress to you enough, gear, clothing, footwear, all of it. If you need it and you don't have it, Black Ovis. Also, be checking out Camo Fire and the other sister company over there, Crispy Boots. I'm rocking all that stuff for a reason. It's not just because they pay me to say it's good stuff. I was rocking it well before this was ever a sponsored podcast with those guys. Love what they've got. They've got A to Z over there for turkey hunting and turkey hunters. Also, side note, um, ticks are going to be awful this year. I went out shed hunting tonight and had like seven of them crawling on me within 20 minutes. They've got repellent. They've got everything you need to cover you there. Don't forget about that stuff. Lyme's disease is no joke. 
Hunter's Box Club, my man Devin Leonard, best teeth, best hair, best box on the mountain. Get signed up today, $29.99. First box ships free. Um, I tell you every week because it's the truth. I get to see the t-shirts before you guys do. That's one of the perks of being best friends with Devin. There are some kick-ass designs that you can only get in that box, so don't sleep on that. And last but definitely not least, my homies over there in Peoria, Illinois, Novix Outdoors, the gang. Um, man, I'm not even going to make a sales pitch on Novix stands. You guys know I love them, so I'm just going to tell you this much. Just go buy the damn stand. Um, they've got everything you need. they got the new Raider series out. If you haven't checked that out and you're going to be in Iowa, Make sure you come check out that new Raider series. Obviously, the Hilo and the Echo are two of my favorites, but this Raider series is really dope. So with that being said, give them a look. They will be close to us. I think they're right beside us as well as Big Time. So shout out to all those guys. It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, we will have probably cold beers and all of our Grizzlies. So, uh, you know, if you don't want to buy one, you might be able to slide over there and have one with us free of charge. The drunker I get, the more I'll pass out. So maybe later in the day is the time to come see me. With that being said, I am ready to talk turkeys, and I am ready to talk turkeys for the next hour, four hours, seven hours. I don't know. I'm going to let this guy take over. The main man, the legend himself, Bo Brooks, on the other end of the line. What's going on, man? Man, oh man. I'll tell you what. I'm excited about this. I mean, I, I, what's going on with you? I mean, it is, it's crazy, crazy to me. Um, you know, I've, I've known of you for a while, but in the last year, year and a half, um, dude, I mean, your life has just went from about 20 mile an hour to 240 mile an hour, and I'm freaking stoked about it, and I want to know all about it and hear all about it, brother. Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate that. I, I've been... I've been super fortunate, super lucky, man. Um, you know, just uh, trying to make a living selling calls. That's all the biggest thing I can say. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a it's a true blessing. Every every single thing that happens in my life and all the people I get to meet, and I get to go on cool things like this. <laughs> you know. No, man, absolutely. I'm stoked to have you on, Bo. And before we dive into it, because I can't wait to, to talk about the call company, where it all started, and et cetera, but give us just a rundown. For those that don't know you, which most of the guys and, and ladies on this podcast are going to know you, recognize you, have probably watched a ton of your YouTube stuff or have seen you on Instagram Reels. I mean, Christ, you are all over the place and for good reason. But for those that don't know you, Give us the minute or two rundown on, on who you are, what you do, and then we are going to dive right into it, man. I'm stoked to get into the uh, the meat and potatoes, the uh, the bourbons and the whiskeys of what you got going on. Heck yeah, man. Well, um, my name is Bo Brooks. I'm from Center, Washington. So, you know, most people, they kind of think of me from, uh, you know, the south of the Midwest, but I'm actually a West Coast kid. I grew up my whole life over there. I was an elk hunting guide and a mule deer guide and turkey guide over there. Um, you know, started working for Higdon Outdoors in the water turkey space and waterfowl space. So, um, you know, I've kind of, I do it all. I, I call it all. I do it all. Anything I can call, I, I, I hunt it. And um, I spend, you know, upwards to like 200 days a year in the field, you know, just whatever. Filming, taking pictures, hunting, guiding, whatever. Whatever I can do to get outside, I'm going to be doing it. And, um, man, I just... I'm just ate up with it. I just love every second of every day. Even in the office, I, I have a good time. But that being said, I'd much rather be outside. Everyone can 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 feel that. 
<laughs> you know. No, oh, so absolutely. I I couldn't agree this, with you more there. But and then uh, this summer, I actually won the world elk calling competition. Um, that was that was a big achievement, and I'm working on. I want to be the first person to ever win uh, Grand National Turkey Elk and uh, a World Waterfowl. So I'm working really hard on that, and I have been since I was 12 years old. Gosh dang, man! That you know, and I mean, I know um, on the turkey side of things how crazy it is to win one of those. Um, and, and, you know, you probably know, um, as well as all the listeners know, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge, huge elk guy. So absolutely love everything that's elk driven. You, I don't do a ton of waterfowling, but a lot of my buddies do, but to be able to be proficient at all three of those is one thing, but to be at a level where you can go and, and, and win grandmaster like that and not one, not two, but three categories. I mean, that's basically, unheard of to the extent of like in the call world that's i i don't even know what that would be what that would be close to uh to even compare it to i i guess that would almost be like probably tom brady's untouchable seven super bowl wins i don't really know if anyone will ever touch that it, it's got to be somewhere in that realm of the world um for a comparison and I'm, I'm a big sports guy so i relate a lot of stuff back to that but it's got to be on that pedestal or close to it i'm assuming in the call world well, I'll tell you, I never thought it would be real for me. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, in the last year, especially at the win in the elk world, it hasn't seemed so close before. You know what I mean? Because I've been, I nip on the heels of all of them. And finally to get one knocked out, man, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Now I can start focusing on I'm, uh, the waterfowl and the turkey. I mean, growing up, man, I'd spend six hours a day practicing from every species. And I mean, it's, it's because, I mean, growing up the Pacific Northwest, we got all of it, you know. I I didn't play football growing up because my daddy told me, he's like, hey, you're going to be a – don't be a fairy. Go elk hunting. And he would get – of all, of all the sports. <laughs> That's of great. All the sports out there, you know, he, That's he's great. like, no, dude, you can't be doing that. you got to be elk hunting. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm elk hunting during September. And then, and then you know, as I got older, I quit all my sports, man, um, like a freshman in high school. And I, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I just – I love to hunt, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be a pro basketball player, man. Let's be honest here, you know. <laughs> and and I didn't know I was going to be in this position that I am today, you know. I just just I, I've always said, if you're passionate about something, it'll always show through, and you you push hard, and hard work pays off, and it's amazing how lucky you get when you're pushing hard. So. No, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't agree with you more there. So basically, this whole deal has started realistically from you as a kid, basically being obsessed with calling in animals. And it didn't matter whether it was a turkey, an elk. I mean, hell, if you could figure out how to call a rabbit, I'm assuming you'd be doing it or or would have been doing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm not just proficient in like the. I mean, I've called in wolves before. Calling, I, I go moose hunting. Call moose. I mean, anything that makes a noise. Call, I video. I put up a video the other day of calling in a quail comes running in. I love it, even if I'm not hunting them. Like I'm a big. I'm a photographer, man. I love taking pictures, so I'm always yelling at everything, even at the even the birds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I, I, that's awesome. I just love it. No, no, well, I. I get it. I, I mean, and it's cool to get this background, Bo, because you've got so much going on and, and with what you've built with your call company, it's cool to have the background and kind of that backstory. So basically, this has been ingrained in you. It's been just a, an absolute burning passion and desire that you've had since you've been, you know, 
knee high to a tall Indian, I guess you could say, which is, which is since I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, I've been calling animals like I, like a little, little kid. I've been making animal noises and, and, and whatnot. I just obsessed with it, man. I just can't, I, I want to understand everything that's going on. And I think that to me, that's just the, the coolest form of hunting to me. I just love being, you're so in tune with everything. No, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 there's, there's nothing better than being able to feel like you're in their environment, in their world, and then communicating with them. And they think you are one of them. I mean, just, just to sit back and if you sit back and really think about that, um, you can't really be any closer to an animal, whether it's a bull elk, whether it's a whitetail buck, um, a big tom and full strut, whatever the hell it is, you're not going to get any closer to the animal as far as a connection with without communication with them because you are tricking them into thinking you are one of them. It doesn't really get any closer than that as far as us to them. You know, if you can trick one into thinking, oh yeah, hey, there's a cow elk over there, or there's a hen, there's a there's a hot doe, or there's another buck. I'm going to go kick his ass, whatever. I mean, that's about yep. as close to realistically being the animal as it gets, which is super cool. And I can tell that's what has drove you since a little kid in, into this whole, you know, this whole gig that you got going on now with having your own call company, which is what I want to talk about, you know, kind of where, where that all, you know, was that like a, always the dream or did that kind of morph into that or what's kind of the backstory with, with how that all kind of transpired? So it's actually, it's actually, I'm just going to tell you right now, Higdon Outdoors, the decoy company, owns Power Calls, and they brought me on to design everything. So I actually um, had my own call company. I started when I was 18. So, wow, that's awesome. You know, yeah, and so when I, when I got out of, call, uh, out of high school, man, I didn't know what to do. You know, I got out. I went to a few biology classes. I was, I, I mean, I, I was, I was um, in school, I did pretty well, and I was like, hey, I'm, you know, got to go to college, and I went for about six months. And man, I I missed I missed a lot of uh, I missed a lot of uh, days, you know, for for elk hunting and whatnot. And it's just been, I'm like, okay. And um, everybody's listening right now. Make sure you go to school because it's very important. But uh, <laughs> go to school, kids. Go to school. <laughs> yeah, because it, it it doesn't work out like this for everybody. I I quit college, and the, my parents and are like, what are you gonna do? Well, first off, I've been building building calls, but having lots of people ask me to build calls for some time now for them. I'm like, I'm going to start selling calls. And so, like, okay, Brooks, I started Brooks Custom Calls at the age of 18, started selling calls online, you know, doing – it was really fun. I had a great time selling turkey calls and elk calls. Um, and uh, then I started I, – I guided elk hunts, and in the meantime, I was building and tearing down fence and working on – farms and i i I remember um i'd done that for that i did that for again i would say a year and a half we were doing that and um i mean the call the call side of it it was nothing crazy you know what i mean it was just something i was doing on the side guiding was a part of it and obviously you can't guide all year right you gotta if you're especially if you're the guide you gotta find something else to do in the summer and i'm you know i was ripping down fences and and um, I actually had met um, Brooke, Brooke Richard at Higdon Outdoors um, and Kyle, and uh, they came out with these new goose calls at Power Calls. And this is before me. 
And I'm like, hey, hey, man, I, I, and I'm a big waterfowl hunter. They're made out of carbon fiber and titanium. And my buddy texted me and said, you got to go check it out at the NWTF convention. And I've been calling at the calling competitions and stuff at NWTF. And, and um, I went over there and it's like, and I can, and I was able to run the goose call pretty dang good. And before they even knew who, you know, that I could turkey call or anything, they're like, hey, man, if you like this goose call, you're going to run it in competition, take it. And uh, if you don't like it, send it back. Well, that's really nice of you guys. I said, well, if you ever want any help, because I don't see you guys have any turkey decoys in your waterfowl line yet, and uh, no turkey calls, um, maybe someday, because I, at the time I was doing a little bit of work with Dave Smith on the side, helping him out, and uh, and I was um, I had a, quite a few different companies reach out to me and to build their calls for them, and I was like, I I don't I want to do my own thing, you know, and but. Uh, and so Brooke called me, and he, he called me at a very vulnerable spot. He called me when I was working on fence, and it was like 102 in the summer. <laughs> he said, hey, perfect, hey, perfect fence building time. Perfect fence building oh, time. <laughs> it, it is. It, well, I'll tell you one thing. I've also moved to the south since then. I'll take that 102-degree weather over 95 with 100% humidity. Holy cow. I never felt anything like it down here. But um, so I, I So Brooke called me and said, hey. Let's be real. Do you want to come work for us and um, build our calls and help us out with the decoy line, you know, get it going and got a good deal for you? I said, I don't know. I'll think about it. And, I mean, I was really thinking about it. I called around. I called to a few different people. And, I mean, everybody told me that like, this is such an incredible company Higdon is and everybody's so nice. And, you know, Kelly Powers and all those guys are just so incredible at power calls. And I'm like – man, I really think I should do this. And they're like, well, I, I sent them a bunch of calls and I said, I called them back about two months later. And I, I, I talked to them a little bit here and there since then. I said, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. And uh, I built, I built them a bunch of calls. We came out with them that first NWTF. We came out with the calls. I was working my butt off to try and sell those dang things. I mean, NWTF is an aggressive uh, very saturated market. If it, you know, there's, I mean, there's every single person there is trying to sell a turkey call. You know what I mean? And I was really hoping that oh, I yeah. sell a bunch. And I really, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, right. everyone's trying to do it. And everyone there is awesome. And so, yep. We, uh, and so, and after that, you know, I, uh, we just started working on the decoys, working on the calls. And I mean, obviously, as you can see today, it's, things have changed a lot. But it's just, it's just awesome because in the beginning they would let me. I told them I said I'm no offense, but I'm not going to be here September and October, and uh, all spring. I said I'm guiding. That's what I'm doing. And they're like, perfect. I said you don't have to pay me. Don't pay me. I said I don't need to be here. I said this will work out great for us. And I'll do just calls. I'll do turkey calls and waterfowl calls, and you know then it turned into the TV show and then a few other things. And then I mean now it's golly I'm a million miles an hour but you know it's really 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 turned into something amazing no that's so. awesome that's i mean that's that's incredible man and it's it's really cool too because it's been just a natural organic way that this has all migrated into what it is now for you you know i mean you've you were able to 
slide your foot in some cracks of the doors and prove yourself. And then those doors opened up to more doors. And I mean, you know, like you said in the very beginning, I mean, those that are passionate about stuff and and work hard, it's going to shine through. And and eventually, you know, there's going to be that light at the end of the tunnel where you're like, man, this is really happening. This is, this is, you know, here we are. And that's, no, that's, that's kick ass, man, to hear. I figured the story was probably something like that. Like, Hey, you know, you 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 were a kid and you were in love with this and it has blossomed into that but there's definitely some twists and some turns and and you know the the whole college deal like it, it's just that's really cool to hear man because you know a lot of people would have probably fell flat and been like gosh damn I don't know what to do but you're like you know what this is what I love so I'm just gonna figure out how to turn what I love into what I love to do for a job and here you are exactly everything that everything that I've done so far to be honest with you it's just it's just because I love it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's just why I do it. You know, I'm like, hey, I love to, I love to, I love to see the smile on someone's face when they hear a bull bugle, or I like to, I like to, I like to give people, I like to build people turkey calls. I love I, my favorite thing in the world is building people calls and giving them to them and then seeing them run them and just, like, yeah, that's the one. You know what I mean? That's just, I just love that stuff. Oh, abs- absolutely. There's, there's, there's nothing better. I mean, in the, um, in the writing world, it, it's there's no better deal for me than when someone comes up at one of these shows and goes, "Hey, you remember that article you wrote about patterning a specific buck for deer and deer hunting three years ago?" I'm like, "Yeah, actually, I do. Yeah, I did everything you said. And look at this buck I shot the following fall." And I'm just like, "Dude, oh, like, there's so just cool. yeah, there's just there, you know, or or like I had a guy come up. I did uh, seminars. I do seminars at the uh, at all the state shows, and I did one last weekend. I was in Indy at the Indianapolis Deer and Turkey Expo, and this guy's like, hey, man, he's like, uh, I came to your seminar here last year and, and you put on a uh, mule deer and an elk, kind of a guide, to, a beginner's guide to getting into Western bow hunting. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I remember talking to you at the at the booth over at the working class bow hunter booth. He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, I changed up some gear and, and changed up some philosophies and, and got signed up to a couple of the, you know, the magazines and the, and the and got on X and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, check this out. Him, his buddy. And his buddy's son all killed bulls last year on an over-the-counter Colorado unit. And he's like, dude, he's like, I come here. Spe- buy a lottery oh, man. That's what I told him. I'm like, you have no idea. I'm like, how <laughs> incredible that is. And he's like, well, dude, I come to this show. He's like, because I wanted to personally thank you. He's like, we, we didn't have any clue what the hell we were doing. And he's like, you know, it, it really helped us a lot to come to that seminar last year. And yeah, man, just stuff like that. Like, you're just like. Like I walked away from that conversation. Like I'm sure you've walked away from a ton of people that you give you've given calls to after you see their faces light up, and it just there's just nothing better than knowing that you like you changed somebody's whole entire philosophy or maybe even their life around all because of one one thing that you did that really resonated with them. It's it's uh Absolutely. yeah it's hard to beat that man. And speaking oh. about smiles, so I'm a turkey guy. I mean, everybody knows me as a, as a, you know, um, a specific whitetail guy. Um, I've fallen absolutely in love with high country mule deer. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a bow hunter through and through. I've been bow only for 11 or 12 years, but I absolutely love to chase long beards and I chase them every year in Kansas, Nebraska, Ohio, and then another state last year. It was Colorado. Um, this year, probably going to be Colorado again. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just completely eaten up. With bow hunting turkeys, that puts a smile on my face. And I know this this is a like minded deal here for you. And and I want to dive, I want to dive into that side, and pick your brain because I feel like a lot of guys in today's world, 
bow hunting turkeys and, and especially the way that I'm doing it with, I don't run decoys hardly ever, which we're going to, we're going to dive into because I feel like you're going to change my mind on that. Um, I don't run blinds. I like to run and gun. So I call it a mini elk hunt. And a lot of guys are like, Clint, man, we, we want to do that, but we are lost on bow hunting turkeys without, you know, and, and, and running and gunning with, with, without a shotgun. And I feel like that, that is a, in today's world, man, there's a lot of guys that, that love to do that and they want to do that. But I think, in all reality, you know, when it comes right back down to it, it's either the wrong calls, calling too much, or there's just no game plan there at all when it comes to a setup on these birds. And I want to pick your brain, a guy that's done it all, on your philosophy with, hey, if you're a bow hunter um, and a guy says, hey, man, I want to go bow hunt turkeys, what's kind of your yep. your mini course on A to Z? Like, what's a guy need to be proficient at when it comes to calls? setups just kind of the basic knowledge of going from a shotgun to bow hunting turkeys because i think a lot of guys just need the basics for a foundation and they'd be all right but the basics sometimes man that's the hardest step is just getting that foundation down okay you know um the turkey hunting with a bow is very 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 difficult i'm just gonna put that out there i've I, I mean, my, my dad, my dad and myself and my, my dad more than myself. Uh, I mean, golly, they are, it, it, turkeys are one. I would, I, I'd argue the toughest animal when you shoot them with a bow. Yep. I'd agree with that. You, you absolutely yep. have to 10 ring them and you got to think about where you're setting up too. I hunt in the mountains. I hunt mountain turkeys a lot. You slock that thing perfectly and he just dips off that Canyon. Guess what? You got a turkey that just flew off. You know what I mean? This is, this is, you got to take it very seriously. You can't be flinging arrows, in my opinion. You can't, something, if you're confident, but I, I, our rule of thumb is 10 to 15 yards. Yep. That's where I live. Um, and that's why I really like to have decoys because it controls the situation for a lot of people that don't do it. And to give you an idea, I mean, my dad and I, there's some days we're walking in. I mean, a total of 50, I've, I've done days bow hunting turkeys where we're doing 10 to 15 miles. You know, yep. I, I've got a system down um, to where I can, I can run and gun pretty hard. I hunt them just like I'm hunting with a shotgun. Because honestly, the way I hunt them with a shotgun, I bow hunt turkeys with a shotgun too. I want to shoot them at 10 to 20 yards. I don't like shooting them yeah. further than that. Absolutely. You know, and, and it, to me, that's what it's all about. And so to me, the blind for somebody who's getting started in it is a good deal. You know what I mean? Because you got to is these turkeys. The number one thing they're going to pick up on, no matter what, is their eyesight is incredible. They're going to pick you up. So if you're if you can get a blind to that spot and you can sit in a chair, it's probably a good option, especially if you're learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that you like you get someone like you've done it a bunch and and you you you, you understand when to draw and everything like that with a bow. Even in a blind, there's times where you draw your bow and they'll pick you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so absolutely. So having that having that blind though, a lot of times you can lean back just like you're hunting whitetails or mule deer or anything like that. You lean back and then lean into the window, and that'll help a lot. And um, I think that bow hunting turkeys, especially starting out, I think that having a blind is good. Then getting a decoy or two, it controls the situation. So it's it it's. Is, like I said, bow hunting is extremely hard. So getting that situation condensed down to where, okay, 
He's not leaving yet, right? Because without a without a decoy or a blind, he comes in running in a lot of times. He'll look around, look around. And he's looking for something, and he's trying to bust the first thing that moves. And with a shotgun, they stick. They, you can just pick it up and shoot him. With a bow, you got to draw, get into your anchor, take your time and thwack. And if you're rushed, I don't think you're as likely to make a great shot. You know what I mean? Especially if you're just. And so you know, decoy blind. And those are those are between my dad and I. That's kind of our 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 big deal, you know, for people that are just getting into bow, bow hunting turkeys. Um, the other the other thing is is if he's coming to a decoy, have patience, because I do not like I said before. I can't stress it enough. Like I I I, I can get on the turkey basic stuff, you know, talking about it, but a lot of people get super excited. Birds coming in, he's run he's strutting in. It's like, oh no, he's not going to come the rest of the way. Bow hunting has truly showed me how far a turkey will come in and how long he'll stand around that decoy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. He'll strut, he'll, he'll strut around that thing for 20 minutes. Yep. Until he knock, knocks it even <laughs> if they fan knock the fan off it, they'll still sit there and strut around it. And you're looking for that that really good shot, that nice full strut for me, it's we've shot him. You know, we shot him in the butthole. We shot him above the beard. I've had great luck with that. Yep, me you too. Know, shoot him straight up the leg. But I love the bronze patch. That has been an, an incredible spot to aim. You line that back leg up with the bronze patch, wherever that might line up, and that has been our bread and butter the last few years. So, you know, uh, we can go on and on about placement on that. Just giving people a little. Just this is where we like to aim. Yep. And um, the other thing is, is just because you have a blind and a decoy doesn't mean you need to sit there all day. You know, um, patience patience kills more turkeys than anything, in my opinion. But you get that 9 o'clock time and you've got a bunch of land to run across and you know you could probably go strike one up. If you go find one at nine ten o'clock and he answers you, you know, Get your decoys out and your blind up as fast as you can. I think our time is about three minutes, two and a half minutes. We can have our, our whole setup up. And uh, get set up just like you were with a shotgun. So make sure that decoy's going. Make sure your blind's ready or whatever you can find. And get ready, and he's probably coming. And so those are, those are just turkey tips that I give out, but it's with a bow hunting twist on it. Yeah, no, I – Absolutely. It's funny you bring up that 9 to 10 o'clock. I mean, over the years, I would bet in the last 30, I would say in the last 30 turkeys I've killed, I would bet you 24 to 25 are 10 to 2, 10 to 1. 10 to 2. Yep. Amen. I mean, I just, that that's that's my jam. Um, and and, and I, I, I want to get into that philosophy of, of why you're, you're on board with that with me too, but I want to back up real quick. Okay, so... We're in a blind. We got decoys out. Now, here's where I think a lot of guys, and I want to see if you agree, go wrong with this. I think guys in a blind get bored, and it is so easy to start overcalling. What is your philosophy in a blind with a decoy when it comes to calling? What calls? How often? What What is your kind of blueprint there for success? Because I see this a lot 
with with people that that you know hey clint what you know do you want to come tricking out with me yeah sure okay i'm gonna hunt without a blind and decoys and i'm gonna bow hunt and um i don't have a ton of experience you do so come with me and let's let's go do it okay and i like to let people do their own thing you know um but i pick up on the boredom and we're gonna overcall and and i learned this the hard way in my younger days that this is a great way to not kill turkeys. So give me the rundown there on your thoughts and your philosophy, blinds, decoys, calling, when, how, and what to make, what to do. Okay, so uh, all you guys that are listening, you guys have this little thing called a timer on your phone. So this is my philosophy, especially when he's just gobbling back. Not saying something is just as much saying something, in my opinion. So silence, silence kills turkeys just as much as calling kills turkeys. So oh yeah. The, the thing that I I do with myself is I gotta catch myself. Everyone calls. Everyone loves to call. You're bored and up blind. You oh, wanna call. You wanna, for sure. You hear him Hell yeah. And so, and so, set that timer for ten minutes. And then, that's what I, I'll do. That I will look over and I will literally set my phone for ten minutes. Don't call at him. Leave him alone. Let him think about that a little bit. And then I'm, I'm, and you know, every, every 30 minutes out of that, you go 10 minute, 10 minute, 10, then, then intermittently add a little bit of clucking and purring in and scratch leaves because I think that's, that kills more turkeys than about anything. Uh, but man, I mean, just, and if this is for Easterns, by the way, I mean, Miriams are totally different. I mean, yep. I, I, I call turkey Miriams all the way to the all the way to the the freaking broadhead. Yep, I agree. It's Miriams and Rios, and and that's one thing. If you guys are listening and you guys are going out west to hunt turkeys, if you think you're just going to sit by a tree and he's just going to show up, you know, a lot of times if he's not gobbling at you, he ain't coming with the Miriam. So just keep that in mind. But uh, you know, Easterns, I'm really big man on just I be I like to be precise with my sounds. So I may cluck and purr at that 10-minute mark, and then, you know what, gets to be about 9, 10 o'clock. I know he's still out there. I want to show a little bit of, show a little bit more um, excitement because up until this point, we tree called. He flew down. He went the other way with his hands. They always do till 8 o'clock. He's sitting there strutting back and forth. You may see him across the field. You may be still in the woods. He gobbles when he feels like it, right? He isn't gobbling every single time. Right, right. And then he, and then he, then he, then it gets to be at nine o'clock. You just you hear hear him maybe once or twice. He gobbles on his own. Cow, cow, cow. You know you're like okay, okay. Because I'm I'm, I'm just playing the scenario out. You're hunting the same bird all day. This is yep. a spot that you sort of because you're doing your scouting. A lot of the bow hunters that's a, one of the biggest parts is doing your scouting too. You know understanding where that turkey's going to be. You know that ten o'clock time, I'll hit him with one of those where I'm cutting and then yelping. And then leave it silent again. He'll he'll a lot of times they'll they'll answer that. You know they you hit him with a few cuts and a yelp and the cut in your yelp. And oh it's yeah. Like, yep. And I just let him think about it. And there's a lot of times, man. He'll just he'll just show up. You know what I mean? And you do a little bit of clucking and purring off to the side after you do that, and then all of a sudden you, you hear, or he or he just right next to your blind. You're like, holy crap! Where did he come from? <laughs> yes, sir. You know, and so. You know, it's just the biggest thing, though, and a lot of people quit early. That's what, the biggest thing I've learned is a lot of those guys, a lot of people, and, and, and I, I've been guilty of it, too, and I don't go back to the truck. 
if he's out there and he's still gobbling, it just takes takes two two seconds. That hen leaves him, gets a second to leave him. He turns into a totally different turkey. And all of a sudden, all of your calling sounds good to him. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. You you could go slam a truck door, and and he's gonna he's gonna gobble at it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so this is it's it's out of everything that we could take out of this. I mean, I could tell you all the different things that I do. I mean, I, and I will tell you all the different types of calls that I do, the different things I get to break turkeys. I'm telling you one thing: if he's got a hen and he cares about that hen, you're gonna have to wait your turn a lot of times. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's kind of where that 10 to 2, I love that time period because that's your opportunity to find yep. him at a weak point. And I yep. have a lot of buddies that have kind of, in a way, they've bought into that system. Uh, one of my best friends, Ryan, uh, up until about three or four years ago, thought I was nuts. He's like, I don't know how you are killing turkeys with your bow, shotgun, slingshot, spear, whatever past eight nine o'clock he's like i I just i don't understand and i'm like come with me a couple times and i'm like let's meet at 8 30 and and he's like this is you're wasting a morning for me and i'm like just relax come i'll meet you at 8 30 we'll get coffee we'll listen to some music in the truck about nine o'clock we're gonna start making our rounds and i've told him you know listen all we got to do is find one bird that sounds off and we get him fired up, it's a dead bird or it should be a dead bird. Yep. Now, I'm not yep. saying every time that's going to be the case, but if you can find a bird around that time that's off a hen and you can get him to gobble, nine times yep. out of ten, I'm going to have a great opportunity to either shoot or kill that bird 100% of the time with a gun or a bow. I mean, that that just – my opportunity is – It's on. Is, oh, yeah. It's, it's on. It is. It's, it's on. Now – um, you talked about how to break some of these birds. So I think a lot of people, they get really frustrated with, okay, you know, I know how to cluck and I know how to yelp, or I know how to yelp and I can sort of half-ass purr, uh, and that's about it. How important, in your opinion, when you're battling a bird, you know, maybe you're trying to get him to cross a creek he doesn't want to cross, or he's got a hen, or there's a fence, or there's there's something you're battling, how important are all the vocab of turkeys? How important is that versus a guy that's only got maybe one or two tricks up his sleeve? Because I feel like if a guy can figure out, you know, just the basic sounds of a turkey and get good at it, doesn't have to be great, but just just be just be semi-proficient. You're in pretty good shape because if you can only yelp or you can only cluck or you can only sort of purr and maybe throw a cluck out there. You're really handicapped, but I find a lot of guys only figure out how to do one. Hey, I'm really good at yelping. Hey, can you, can you, uh, can you do fight and purr? Can you, you know, can you, uh, can you throw it all together and do a sequence? Oh no, I can just yelp, and that and that's yeah. o- that's okay. But if a guy can do a little of everything, I think it makes a world of dif- a world of difference. So what what's kind of your philosophy with that? Like, what are the basics? Hey, oh. this is what you need. Turkeys, turkeys, man, they have a full vocabulary. And if you listen to turkeys, man, they're making all sorts of noises all day. Just period, end of story. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so what? I'll, I'll give you a little backstory with me on turkey call. And I, I learned how to really that next level turkey call when I was about, I was about, 
I would say 17 or 18, they used to do this youth hunt every year. And I went out, and these are some public land birds. They get hunted pretty dang hard. And these birds that used to take me, and, and what really was a turning point, by the way, was you hear that yelp that I do, that front end yelp. This yep. Yep. It's it, it's there's there's yelping and then there's front end yelping. Front end yelping is like adding a whole new level to the turkey calling. Like like and and I didn't believe it at first. I was like, I just want to do it because it sounds good. I think it'll help me kill turkeys. I don't know. I'm gonna try it though. And so and I, and with that came all the. I raised turkeys my whole life too. I had pet turkeys, so I I I heard every noise that they make. And so you know I'm like. After I learned that, that I, I learned how to do that front end, I was able to make all these different noises. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm going to have to try this. And I went out there and I started all of the turkeys that, and year after year after year since I was a kid, that's why I, I started when I was nine years old hunting there. All the turkeys that used to take me and my dad an hour to call in, every one of them, five minutes, they just come running in. I went, huh, okay. Like, and I, I was calling them off of private. I, I mean, just, just, it wasn't even a question. So having like and, and and through the years now, the ones that don't like my mouth calling, guess what? I b- break out a box call, and I can hit the cut to yelp on that. That's what a lot of people get caught up on too. Like I'm a mouth caller. I'm a I got a box call, and then they're gonna purr on their slate call. And it's like, man, just because you're a good mouth caller does not mean you need to throw aside your box call. There are plenty of times where that turkey's across the field, you'd be able to hit him with a box call. And not just yelping. Yep. You can learn how to cut on that thing, and you can understand that. I mean, it's huge. And so the biggest thing that we can come back to on that is there's a grab bag, a grab bag for turkeys. And for me, I've got a pretty deep one. I've got wines that I can do in a few different ways. There's clucks. There's bubble clucks. There's um, there's a, I got like four or five different yelps I can do on a mouth call, and then two different ones I can do on a box call. And then if it – I mean – I, I, I find what that turkey likes because there's a lot of times you find something that Tom likes and they'll break in a second. You know what I mean? And it's it really can make a big difference. And then bring it all together, understanding what these sounds mean, and when it bring it together on a mouth call, being able to whine, cluck, yelp, purr. I mean, it can make the world of a difference. Because I couldn't tell you how many different times I mean, yelping at a turkey, and he's just, and he's not doing it. Then I, I just, I screw it. I'm just going to cluck purr at it. I'm just going to, and just get a little, get, get a little pretty with him and just rake some leaves. And then all of a sudden, he's just right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, I'm going to, okay. So you brought up a really good point of, of knowing, knowing how to make the sounds, but, the backstory to that is what they mean. Give me a rundown. So if someone says, okay, Bo, what's a Yelp actually saying in turkey vocab? What's a cluck? Just just the basic sounds. Give me a breakdown of what that means in turkey lingo. So if I go Yelp, Yelp, if, if, if I'm going to go and, and I'm going to Yelp for the next five minutes, what would I actually be saying? Because I think a lot of people can make these sounds but they don't really know what the sound is saying, so then they use them at the wrong time. And and I've learned over yep. the years the hard way. You can have a hot bird that you can turn cold real quick if you use the wrong sound at the wrong time if you don't know what you're actually saying to that bird. So give us a breakdown of yep. that, of just a basic 
turkey vocab that here's the sound and here's what it's actually saying to a bird. So, and here's, I'm going to, I'm just going to put this out there on the beginning of this. Um, the emotion that goes into it too means a lot. So a yelp on a versus a is totally different. It's one saying, Hey, I'm right here. And one saying, Hey, I'm right here. Like the, the person that's all the way across the bar from you, that's just, Oh, Hey, or the, the person that comes right up in your face and goes, Hey, yuck, yuck, yuck. you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's at the end of the day though, you're saying, Hey, you know what I mean? You're, Hey, this is where I'm at. You know, it's just a, it's their back and forth. They're what's going on type of deal. So that's and that's that's the yelp. So the emotion on the yelp. It's and, and that's just how fast or slow you do it is saying something in itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the more emotion you're going to put into these yelps, that's going to dictate maybe to fire a Tom up or maybe he's a Tom that's like, hey, hey, I I need you to kind of just be calm and talk soft, which I've been in that scenario where I've tried to go, okay, I'm going to fire this bird up and I'm just going to go crazy and, and and just get wild and he shuts up. And I'm like, okay, that was not, that was too much. Then five, ten minutes go by. And I just do kind of more of a, you know, just more of just kind of a slow and steady and I'll be damned. He fires back up. But it was that soft, just kind of normal cadence like, hey, I'm here. I'm here versus, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm here. You know, he didn't like that. So the emotion there, you know, it, it like you said, it that can make a world of difference. And it's something to think about, especially with Yelps. I feel like that's really something you got to figure out. Uh, sooner than later is does this bird want me to fire him up or does this bird want me to kind of soft talk him and soft play him yeah and that like what what we're talking there too if they have a hen a lot of times if you're yelping real loud at them they don't get real the hens don't like that a whole lot in my personal opinion so you know you want if you're if he's got hens early in the morning the the whole real pretty just this is where i'm at i'm not not trying to steal your man (laughs) you know what i mean um that's 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 where you probably ought to live i the nine the ten till two o'clock man you're walking through the woods trying to strike them up it's not always a bad thing to be a little bit aggressive in my opinion and then then back it off and and that's what mark murray told me one time he hunted with me when i get in that middle of the daytime mark mark told me he's like you hit them pretty hard, and then you back off. That's what I do a lot of times. I hit them with the and they, they they hammer, and then I'll back it up. I'll really back it up, and then I have them come look for me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. That that uh, that cat and mouse game of really firing a bird up and then kind of backing off. I almost feel like, in a way. It makes them think, ooh, 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 she's really hot. Whoa, wait a minute, where's she going? She's 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 cooling down. What what's what's happening here? It's yeah, almost like it's, exactly. it's it's like a big it's like a big mind you trick. Calm with her. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. Nope. Yep. And so that's that's kind of how I I approach it. And there's definitely times where you get into a scenario where you're you know there's a lot of toms in the area. So sit down. And yelp real quiet. And there's a dang good chance you're gonna hear. You got to know your scenario, but let's. Um, I'm gonna move on to the cluck. So the cluck is a very content sound. That's the best way I can explain it. 
really it falls in a little bit with the it's, it complements the the uh, the Yelp. It's kind of a what it is is just they're they're picking the ground, they're screwing around, they're they're happy. It's a happy sound. You know what I mean? If done correctly, obviously. But I've, I've I always thought for the longest time that I could mess up and do a putt. I've I've yet to do that yet. I've never had a bird freak out on me clucking. So I mean, you've you've heard me do bubble clucks that oh, are yeah. like that high pitch, high yep. pitch. Click, 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 click. Yep. I I use that on easters, and they eat it up. And so you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, I've always was scared of doing it. And I hunted with uh, Scott Ellis one time, and uh, Scott Scott's like, "No, do it, man." So they don't care. They'll, they'll love it. I'm like, okay, cool. I started doing it. I'm like, yeah, nope, you're right. You're right. And so, you know, the, the clock's just a real content sound, real happy sound. Um, and that goes into the opposite of that, which is the cut. The cut is excited. It's the it can either them doing something exciting. They yep. could be excited about another turkey. They mm-hmm. could be lost. They, that's a lot of like your, your 10 to 2 o'clock when they get back off the nest and they're searching for a tom. You'll hear that a lot. You know, they're going nuts. Yeah. And a lot of times those, those, are your, those are your girls that steal your tom. And so you know, when I'm searching for a calm in the middle of the day, that's a lot of times I'll approach it sometimes like that. I'll get in there and go back, 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 and cut hard at the birds and, and to get them fired up. And then obviously after I get them fired up, a lot of times I won't hold that same energy through the whole time. But it's an excited, excited, sharp sound that they just, and, and I'll tell you, turkeys just go nuts for it. Oh yeah, I, I mean, if if I was a turkey, if if tomorrow I turned into a, to a hen and I'm I'm a turkey, um, just my personality and the way I am with being just high energy. Oh, I would be a cutting mother sucker. Oh my god, that's all I do. Just constant. I just I just walk around and do that all the time. Why? It's fun. It sounds great. It's exciting. Like. I would be, yeah. you know, I'd be that annoying hen, I feel like, that all the other turkeys would be like, God, I hope she gets accidentally waxed by someone this spring. Like, that would probably oh, be me. Oh, man, yeah. That would be yeah. just because it's yeah. fun. And, like, like uh, a lot of the hens that I'll call in, um, they will come in with that aggressive cut. And you can always exactly. tell. Nine times out of yep, ten. You can always tell because, you know, I'll be going through a cadence or something and all of a sudden I'll hear... And I'm like, oh, oh, I struck a nerve over there. And I'll tell you what, within a couple minutes, here she comes in the whole entire. Yep. Yep. And and the whole way, you know, she is just cutting, cutting the whole, the whole way, whole entire way. And it's, 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 it's funny to watch them because you can see the emotion in their face. You can see their body language. You know, they are so fired up and pissed off and just, you know, here I come. Like, and, and, um, I've had a lot of guys, I've had conversations with, with like, you brought up Scott Ellis and he was telling me, he goes, you know, if you really want to get good at mimicking that, he goes, do try to do a sound that one of those 
old bitchy boss hens are doing. So if she's cutting really hard, try to mimic that. And if you get good at it, you'll piss her off so much to where she's going to come in because you sound like her. And so I try to mimic that because if I can, if I can get that, that hen to come in, even though I'm not going to kill her, if I can get her to come in all pissed off, I know I sound pretty daggone solid. Whatever I'm doing, trying to mimic her, if I can get her to come over and break. Now, sometimes I've gotten lucky and, and she's broke and had, well, she had a Tom with her that was silent. And I'm like, oh, yep. this is this yep. is perfect. You know, this is great. Yep. There's a lot There's a lot more times than you would think. There's guys that hear the hen turkey and they're like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you better sit down because there's, a, there's quite a few times. And then maybe they get into that 50-yard range or over a ridge and he goes, oh. you're like, oh, bud. Yeah, he's, he's ready. Oh yeah, he's with her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, no. That that's a great way to expl- explain the cut, man. Because there's there's just you know there's just nothing better in my mind when it comes to to their vocalization. Besides, obviously, a gobble. I mean, everybody wants to hear a gobble, but that cut, man. Especially if you get no, some hens. My favorite, yeah, I, yeah. And I I kill more turkeys on public land cutting at them. I mean, obviously the the clucking and purring, but that's what a lot of people do. Um, on Easterns, they go and they cluck and they purr, they yep. write drink leaves. It works. Yep, absolutely. 100%. At, at the end of the day, I call in a lot of turkeys just, just getting crazy with them and they'll just blow up and they haven't heard it yet because nobody, everyone thinks it's public land and they're, they're scared to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some, sometimes I feel like we, we don't get aggressive enough with with birds especially on public like like i hunt uh kansas and nebraska almost every single single year and it's all walk-in hunting public yep. stuff um i would say nine out of the last 10 birds that i've killed over there in the last few years um between those two states it if you don't get aggressive they hang up and the gigs up you know they they it's almost like they want to get fired up and run in, or they just would rather not even come in at all. And, and it seems and, and those are those are uh, those are Rios yep. and uh, Miriams, aren't they? Yes, yes, yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I I I got a totally different mentality with them. I call them to the gun barrel or the or the broadhead. Yep. man. I'm I am I am so beyond aggressive with them. And, and 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 when they get really pressured, you can feel it. And then that's my five minute rule, five minute rule on my phone. But I'm an aggressive five minute. I'll go pa, pa, ka, 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 and I'll let him think about it for five minutes. But if they're if they're double and triple goblin, keep that bad boy coming. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I I told a buddy of mine. He started going out there with me, and and he's like, man, he's like, I I feel like on this slate call. I'm getting too wild. I said, if you don't feel like you're going to chip your slate call, you're not getting crazy enough, man. And he's like, he looked at me and he goes, what? I said, give me that damn thing. And I started in and he's like, holy hell, dude, you are going to break the call. I said, just hold on a second. Two minutes later, here comes two long beards up over this ridge, just going berserk. I got him to break. And what it was, was... I think they had they had hens with them, and the hens were just yep. kind of doing their thing, scratching, clucking, doing a little bit of purring, basically feeding. So nothing crazy yep. was going on. And I come in and just blow the party up, and I'm that I'm that idiot hen at the bar. She's got 22 drinks in her, and it's just and here they come. And he's like, "Well, you're." He's like, "Dude, I couldn't have ever believed that would work." He said, "There is no way I would have thought that would work until I would have actually yeah, and- seen it." 
Yep. Yep. It's and this is it's just it's like it's like elk hunting. If you're an elk hunter, you slip in on a bull. He doesn't. He just he just he's sitting there yep. and he's got all his cows. But you get into the right spot. And oh yeah. You blow him out of and pop his bubble. Uh huh. He'll roll all of his crap up, roll his sleeves up, and he's coming in. Yeah, and he's coming in hot, fast, and ready to beat someone's ass right now. Yep, exactly. That's the, that's what I you know I grew up I grew up western hunting, and that's what's been it's kind of been a weird deal um, learning for the last ten years, learning how to hunt easterns and hunt everything like that because I grew up popping bubbles. That's what we do. We slip in there, we get in the right position, and we yep. just push their envelope. <laughs> Yep. And the way you push an Eastern's envelope a lot of times is patience. You know what I mean? But if you're out now West, man, I mean, and, and, and honestly, I've taken that mentality a few times, though, in hunting Eastern's where, you know, I, they all hunt like Georgia public land and, and some of these places that get hunted pretty heavily. And I'll get going crazy with them and they'll just fold their, fold their crap up and come running in. Yep. And I mean, I'm very wary still running in, but they're oh, yeah. gobbling the whole way. And so it's just, it, it's just, it's just, you got it. You got it more than anything. And I, I, I'm going to put this out there. You could be the best Turkey caller on the planet. I don't care how good you are. If you don't understand timing and what you're saying, you might as well not even be a Turkey caller. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's why this is so helpful that you're breaking all these sounds down. Cause I think a lot of guys can make the sounds, but they truly really don't know what the hell they're actually saying. And, and it's, if you're not saying, and, and, you know, like the old phrase from Primos, if you're not actually speaking the language, you truthfully yeah. are just, it's 50 50. You might get a bird to just be dumb that day and decide I'll come check you out. But realistically, a lot of them are going to be like, okay, bud. So I asked you, Hey girl, are you over there? And, and you basically told me to get away. You know I mean? Like, like you got to know yeah, what yeah, you're saying. Not only did you say that, not only did you say that, you said it 10 times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So not only did you say, Hey girl, are you too drunk to hang out later? Not only did you say, yeah, I'm real drunk, you said it 10 times. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah. like that Tom's leaving. To put it in latent terms yeah. for, you know, for the, the the crowd that listens to this podcast, a lot of them are, hey, they're, they're blue-collar bar guys. They understand yeah. the bar talk. You know, this is good. We're, we're, yeah. throwing these, we're throwing these paragraphs back and forth between women and, and men at bars and turkeys, hens and toms. I like it. It's this, guys can relate to this. This is good. I like where this is going, Bo. Continue on. Yep, yep. so I'll uh... – I'll throw in a, a noise, and this is the one I get asked about the most, man. It's the wine. Everybody loves the wine. Oh, yeah. Is... Everyone loves it, man. And I'll tell you, I heard it. The first time I ever heard it, It was there was a flock of about 20 turkeys. I heard Will Primos talk about it, and I'd never heard it to that point. Um, and I was sitting there, and they were there was two big toms with them, and these hens were just clucking and purring, you know, for a Miriam. They were just doing their little noises. And then all of a sudden, I heard it just clear as day. What I just did there, because I, I she sticks in my head more than any of the other turkeys I've heard do it. I've heard some go woo, I've heard some go woo woo, I've heard some go woo woo. I mean, they do it in a few different ways depending on the hen, just like everything, just like one girl says, Hey, and then another one goes, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're like, Whoa, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, what the wine is the most content sound. 
if that makes any sense. And the reason I add the wine in isn't per se what it means. It's the realism aspect. It supports my cluck and purr really nice. It's like, it's not something that they hear every day, if that makes sense. You know, the, like the, it's just like the bubble cluck. The Easterners don't hear the bubble cluck often. They'll hear it in the tree and stuff, but they do hear it. And they hear, don't hear a whine super often, but they hear that and they go, huh. It's, what you're trying to do is you're trying to, t- essentially, a lot of times, in my opinion, you're trying to not only tell that Tom to come here, but you're also trying to prove that you're not a hunter. Oh, yeah. And, Absolutely. And so that's 50% of the battle. And that's why, yep. for me, I get, I, I've noticed that my turkeys come in a lot quicker because I'm not fighting that as much as I used to. You know what I mean? There's still turkeys that do it. But it's like, man, you get, you, you get throw that little wine out there, that real pretty feeding wine. That you will. They just, it's just crazy. They'll, they come unglued. I, I, I couldn't tell you how many different turkeys just go insane when I make that noise. No, and, and I think that is a sound that a lot of guys are afraid to either mess up or they just don't think in their mind it sounds good because you don't hear it a lot. I mean, yep. you know, um, I'm 34. I've been turkey hunting since I was like 12. So in, uh, you know, probably 10 plus states, I've got to hear that um, and experience yeah. that. But that's not something if you're a guy you that turkey, you know, no, if you know. I mean, I turkey hunt 30, 40 days, probably every spring, pretty easy across a couple states. There's a lot of guys out there that turkey hunt one, two, three days if they're lucky, and they do that for 10 or 12 years of their life. There's a lot of those guys Uh that may never, ever, ever hear that sound. So I think it's it's scary for a guy to be like, hey, you really need to do this whenever they're like, well, I've heard that on YouTube once or twice from Bo Brooks, and that's the only time I've ever, you know, it's not it's not something that you really ever hear, um, but it's yep. definitely, like you said, though, it's, it's a sound that a lot of people, there's a good and bad to it. You don't hear it a lot, but that's that's also good because most hunters will never mimic that. And like you said, you're trying to trick this Tom into not only thinking you're a hen, but you're a hen who's not probably a hunter too. And if you can make this call, you are way ahead of probably 75% of most guys out there. Cause I'll be willing to bet three out of four guys have no clue what the sound says, how to make it and how to do it effectively or what time to do it. So, I mean, you're ahead of the game drastically, in my opinion, if you can make that call. Yeah. And, and there's not, and this is for everybody that's listening. They do it in a lot of different ways. So I wouldn't be afraid to do it because there's times it's where it's a wave. They go, but there's other times when they go, you know, when they're when they're eating. I mean, they, I've it's like you can't. I'm not saying you can't mess it up, but I mean, adding that to your deal, man, and just making that high pitch of whoop, they can it can it can help you out a ton. It's 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 worth trying at least. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's something that, you know, I would say, um, oh gosh, I don't even know. I mean, it, it's, I would have probably been late teens, early twenties, I would say until I really dove into the language and that wine was a call that I was really intrigued by. Cause in my mind, I'm like, okay, most guys probably do not know how to make this sound why you'd want to make this sound, 
and when to use it. Um, so that was something that I really dove into. And, and back then it wasn't as easy as it is now by any means. You know, I had to really dig for yep. some of that. And I remember going to certain shows and I'd run into like, you know, the Woodhaven guys or run into, I mean, I, I, I talked to, to Will Primos at a show once and I had guys show me right in person, hey, here's the wine. Here's how, here's in my opinion, the couple different ways you can do it. Here's why you need to do it. And I just flat out told yep. them like, you know, I need to know how to do this and, and, and why and when, um, cause I knew it was going to eventually be something in my bag of tricks that a lot of other guys don't have. And, and it's, it's, uh, like I said, I was afraid to do it because I was always like, man, I just don't hear this a lot. I don't really have a ton of confidence, but once I started doing it, oh, I mean, I can't tell you how many birds have died strictly off of that sound. Because in their mind, once soon as they heard me whine, no matter whether it was an aggressive whine or kind of a soft, subtle whine, that flipped yep. the switch to go from that might be a hunter to, oh, that's not a hunter. I'm coming. Exactly. Exactly. That's And that's what, that's what you know, understand is just exactly like you explained it. Understanding what you're saying is so important. And, you know, aimlessly doing these things isn't, isn't what we're trying to explain. Like everyone's like, you don't need all that to kill a turkey. I said, you're right. A thousand percent. You're right. To kill a turkey, but to, but to be successful day after day, you know, turkey after turkey and turkeys that get hunted all season and you want to have an edge on somebody. This is, this is it. Adding that vocabulary is so extremely important. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more. And I figured Knowing you and, and watching a lot of your stuff, you know, I would assume that is in your bag of tricks that you use often because that is a very good way to make a turkey go, ooh, that's probably not a hunter. That's probably a real hen over there. In, in my mind, oh, it's, it's... It's every day. Yeah. I'm, I run yep. every single day, every bird I get on, yep. I add it in there. I mean, it's it may not may not even help me every single time, but I'm, I'm sure as heck going to get it in there. You know, I'm, 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 when he starts coming, I'll just, and just, I'm like, yeah, I did it. I did it. <laughs> so would you say that wine is almost like an, in like, um, let's see, what's the word I want to use? It's like an enhancer or it's an enticer, I guess. Either, either one that would like, in my mind, that's kind of how I would view it. Like you're really that's sealing not, the not, deal. It's not what she's saying, right? But from a hunting aspect, yes, it's just like duck calling. You don't always want to sound per se. I'm not saying you don't want to sound like ducks, but like if there are some sounds hunting wise that you want that like this sounds like a turkey, but it may not. They don't may not make that noise all the time like that. But that being said, like this is this is something that you want to make the noise to. Get them in the rest of the way. I, you know, I may make right. it three or four times. You only hear it one per day, but you never. You, I mean, truly, we don't spend enough time with turkeys to know what they say throughout the whole entire day. They may hear it four or five times a day, and we don't. You yeah, know what I mean, no, oh, no, absolutely. That's why, like in in my mind, I I I view that the wine is almost like it's it's like a it's an enhancement to whatever cadence you were running to really flip the switch from, I think that's real to, Oh shit, that's a real hen. I got to go over there. I, I just, I feel like it's, it, it really can, 
take something from a five or six and put it up to a nine or a ten just simply by being able to make that sound in that cadence to let them know, oh, yeah, hey, this is real. This is not a guy, you know, that's got a stick, a string and a sharp thing on the end of that 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 rod that he's going to put through me. This that's a hen over there for sure. Now I've heard this sound. Oh, yeah, that's a hen. Exactly. Exactly. That's I, I I totally agree, and and that's that's there's some sounds like that, and the bubble cluck is one of them. Unless you're hunting Miriams, he is, that's that's the sound that most Miriams make is that bubble cluck or bubble cut. I get, you've had Scott Ellis on there before, so you guys have heard of, about that stuff too. And um, man, I'm I'm telling you though, it's just understanding the what you're saying is half the battle, man. I I'm I'm so stoked that this is what we ended up talking about. Because it really, truly, for me, that's what I do as far as teaching teaching people. I want people to understand what they're saying. If they like it, take it. If you don't like it, at least you know when you hear it what's going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, um, I'm I'm sure you were going to get to this, but it just just popped into my mind. I I always get asked by a lot of guys, um, okay – Everybody knows, like, the purr can be a great way to, I mean, you can use the purr a, a, a magnitude of ways. You know, it can mean different things. It can be used in different yep. scenarios. Um, but I feel like a lot of guys with the purr, like the wine, they're almost looking for this perfect way or this perfect sound. And see, I, I feel like that purr. I've heard turkeys make it so many different ways, pitches, emotions. I feel like that is a is a, a call that everybody needs to know how to do, when to do it, what emotion. Break that down for me because I I've had a lot of birds die um, off that on purr, and it's really truthfully, it's not that hard of a sound to make, and and I don't think there's really a right or a wrong way to do it as long as you're able to match kind of the energy that that bird's got. If he wants a soft purr, you give him a soft purr. If he's fired up and, and you purr and then immediately go into a cluck or a cut or a yelp, right, you know, follow before or after. But I feel like that purr really can be kind of the the end-all do-all on certain toms. But I think I think some guys are really like, oh, gosh, it's got to be this perfect purr. And then. I think that's a stigma or it's kind of a falsification because a lot of turkeys that I've heard, um, man, their purrs are not by any means perfect, but it's the emotion behind it that makes it enticing to a Tom. Yeah, a lot of times, I mean, there's the two different types of purrs that, in my mind, you know, you got your fighting purr and you got your feeding purr. The the feeding content purr can be a little more aggressive and that's at to me that's adding in the clucks like you said you know um like i'll I'll do just this per but if i add in some clucks and then if i speed it up Those three things can mean a lot more. You know, you hear it a lot. Yep. That last one, you can see the leaves. Oh, yeah. You know yep. what I mean? They're throwing leaves. They're on some acorns. They're going nuts. They're ready. They're, they're having a party. They got some bugs. 
The other one, oh gosh, walking through the woods. They're looking, they're looking. I think the last one, like the first one is, is your conservative. You're sitting next to a tree. You're just waiting for them. You're just hitting those leaves every once in a while. Just hide and go seek. That last one I did with all the whining, that's, I don't care about you. I'm throwing leaves. I found some food. I am having a party over here. You know, it's a soft, it's almost like, I'm not saying a soft cut by any means, but it's like a, it's an excited time. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, look, yeah. I found food. I'm having a party over here. I don't give a crap about you. Yep. Absolutely. And, and so. now, so if you get a group, so let's, so, cause I've, I've seen this before and it, and it kind of, it's, it's fun to watch. You know, you get a bunch of hens all together. And let's say there's, they're working across a ridge. Okay. So let's, let's just set the stage. It's, it's right up, right off the rip in the morning. You got a Tom that's got four or five hens. They fly down off the top of the ridge. They're on the side of this hill. It's an oak ridge. It leads down to a, a, a nice oak flat. They're down yep. there. They're scratching. You got all these hens. Everybody's just kind of doing their thing. You know, you know, just just kind of hanging, and all of a sudden, one of those hens will start going nuts because she's found the money spot. She's not, you know, oh, she's yeah. she's found the money spot. So then, I think in my younger years, I'm like, ooh, okay. I'm like, so now immediately, I'm like, you know, because this hen's being aggressive, and and she's found the, she's found the money spot. So now everybody's going to go to that hen. I was always like, okay. I need to try to be aggressive and, and try to figure out, like, okay, I need to call her off that spot. But in all reality, they found feed. They're there. And and they're going to oh, start, they're... you know, they're not really going anywhere. They're there now, yeah. and they're going to be there. On average, it takes about 30 days for a person to break their New Year's resolution. So if saving money was on your 2024 list, your odds aren't looking that great. Luckily, I have a 100% guaranteed way to save you money this year. Just switch to Mint Mobile. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new wireless plan for just $15 a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com WCB. That's mintmobile.com slash WCB. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash WCB. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. 
Yep. Yep. No, you're you're 100 percent right. They 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 all run two or two. Yes. Yeah. And and so I feel like I want to pick your brain, but the better philosophy is probably to try to get ahead of of the entire group, and that's what I do a lot now in these scenarios. Exactly. Oh, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yep. Hit the nail on the head. Okay. All right. Good. Well, I'm see. I'm 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 not as I'm not as blatantly dumb as I thought I was here with these turkeys. I'm, 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 at least I'm on the right track. Cause I used to try to be like, okay, I'm going to get aggressive and she's down there, you know, and, and, and she's fighting. She, she's, you know, hitting the fighting purr because she's got all these hens that are coming to her spot and she doesn't want them in her spot. But then well, I'm it's so, it's so funny. They find a spot like that. They tell everybody, right. Shut up. Right. They're all stoked and they could be by themselves sometimes. And she just found a spot, and she's like, "Yep, yep." And then everybody runs over, and and back in my younger years, I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to mimic her. I'm going to try to bring everybody over here, and it would never work." And then finally, one time, I'll never forget. I was actually in Kansas, one of the first years I ever went out there and hunted public by myself. Um, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to them and figure out. Okay. How do I go to this racket that they're making and 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 basically almost like I'm I'm coming in on a big bull elk. I'm while he's yep. bugling, I'm going to slip in, get into position out ahead, yep. and then I'm going to start mimicking what she's doing and sound like another hen has come in, found a better spot and hopefully entice everybody to come over and I'll be I'll be damned. I started killing turkeys by doing that. And for years, I was doing it completely ass backwards. But again, I didn't know exactly what was happening. I'm hearing this sound. Mimicking it from behind, though, is not the route to take because they've already done past that area. They know what's there and what's not. So I'm behind the eight ball. But once I started getting out ahead of them, like you would cut a big herd, you know, a big herd bull off with his harem, get out ahead. Man, I started to find success. And it's crazy that just that little bit of knowledge that I gained of knowing what to do, when to do it, and why they're making that sound completely changed the game for me. It's, it, I mean, we're going to take this full circle. If he's got hens, that's probably, that is the best way to kill them. I mean, truly is to get, get, is to see what they're going, where they're going and get ahead of them. It's just, like you said, it's just like elk. You know, they get, if, and usually those hens will be leading the pack when you get ahead of them like that. Oh, yeah. They're like, huh. Yep. Who's who's over here? And then they, they get more excited while they're coming in. They're like, <laughs> they're going nuts. You know, it's, it's I don't know, dude, it's, it's pretty incredible. Oh, it is. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And that, you know, that, uh, that fighting per, I mean, you know, feeding versus fighting. I mean, there's a distinct difference. And and for those who are just getting into this, you know, the way that that Bo explained it with that very calm, just you know, just okay, I'm feeding, I'm clucking, I'm I'm just kind of scratching, I'm looking versus hey, I found it, I found the mother load. Here's the party. This is where we all need to be. You know, that excited excited per you know like you said it's almost like a cut in a way um but it's it's not but it almost is but it's like that that excitement that's really telling you something okay she has found something there's something here that's been found that's really enticing her to be there and the rest of that flock's probably coming over too and as a hunter what took me a while to figure out 
I'm hoping you guys that are listening to Bo and I talk can put this together in your head. Don't get behind the eight ball here. Get out ahead because realistically, those excited purrs are telling you, hey, we're now on to something. We're going to stay on this for who knows how long. I mean, heck, they might be there an hour, might be there three hours. You don't know. But yep. get out, like you know, like you said, Bo, get out ahead of that bird and, and, and figure out your next move from out ahead. But don't, you know, don't be in the back coyote in that flock. And, and hoping you're going to pull them back into a spot that they've already especially, covered. Especially if you set up a few times following them. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's, 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 you can have patience and wait for them. But if you set up a few times and they're moving off and they keep moving off, well, you know, common sense is probably ought to get in front of them. But not in our minds as a hunter, we're like, no, we're going to keep pushing them. He's going to turn around eventually. You know, you see a lot of times he'll gobble at you. You know, he'll hit every four times. And – it's amazing how much more he gobbles when you're in his way, though. That's kind of the interesting part, too. You'll see a change in the Tom's demeanor sometimes, too. When you get that hen to gobble, I mean, that hen to yelp a few times, and he gobbles, he's like, huh, I guess we're going this way now. Yep. And so it's, uh, it's, 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 it all comes full circle. And, and I, I would say the last thing out of the perk, is the true fighting purr when they're fighting the hens and the, and the hens or the toms. The hens you hear, and they'll be cutting in between, like true cuts in between it. If you and, and I don't use it very often. Every once in a while, I will hit my hat against there, especially after we shoot a tom. We'll shoot one, and we know we, we got another tag, and we got someone else with us. We'll start going. And a lot yep. of times, this show, another one will show up, if, especially if he's got a buddy. You'll turn around and come right back and beat the crap out of his buddy. But, uh, you know, um, that's just, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. You know, if you do hear that down there, I mean, I've, I've actually found a lot of times that's a good time for me to slip, move, move in on them. If oh, yeah. And then around. Yep. Absolutely, because they're occupied. You know, it's like if you got uh, – The one time they're occupied, a turkey's truly occupied. Yes. Yep. It, well, it's just like, you know, I relate turkey hunting back to elk hunting and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's not – Turkey hunting isn't elk hunting. Well, in my mind, how I bow hunt turkeys is how I hunt elk. It, it just it is. And when I get a big bull who's running satellites off, I know because he's occupied trying to keep all the all the river rats away from his lady. I have an opportunity to slip in tighter. I have an opportunity to slip in closer. I have an opportunity to get in position to where when he comes back. Now he's in trouble. Now I'm in striking distance. And it's the same philosophy with these turkeys. If that fighting purr is taking place, okay, you know two hens are going to have kind of everybody's attention because they're fighting each other. It's this big ruckus. Now, like you said, now's your time to try to put the slip on somebody if you need to. Yep. Yep, exactly, man. It's it's uh, it's it's all pretty interesting, and I'll tell you, as somebody that grew up an elk hunter first, that hunted since he was a kid, I hunt turkeys and elk almost identical. I'm not going to say they're the same exact thing per se, because I like I just said, people right. get all 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 in the water. Oh God, yeah, they do. But that being said, and uh, man, on this, just I mean, golly, it's like it's it. I run logging roads at home in Washington, Oregon, Idaho. And I'll tell you what, same exact places I'm hunting elk, I'm going right back in there for turkeys. I hear turkeys in the, in the fall when I'm hunting elk. I had a video of a bull just, 
the turkeys just hammering up on the hill, and I, I stopped, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to mark this on Onyx. This is important. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> way, more, way more important than this bull right now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and so, uh, I, I was guiding at the time, too, so I'm like, yeah. I know, this, is, this is my turkey. I'm coming back. This is this is where I'm coming. Heck, yeah, so, that's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. All right, so... Let's see here. We that we covered purrs. All right, what are we missing? Um, um the key the key we'll just just lightly hit the key. The, yep. I don't use the key a lot in the mm-hmm. spring, guys. If you key it's a baby turkey, the young turkey is one or an adolescent turkey that can't make that's the sound that they make from the time they hatch and yep. the time they're in the egg. They make that noise. Yep. And you'll hear they crack. And they're that's them trying to make that noise. So you know, there are turkeys who hear it in the spring. I've, I've heard it every year. I hear it once or twice, and turkeys will answer it. I It's just one of those sounds like the wine that I'll throw in there. Um, the wine, I use it a thousand times more, but I'll throw it in there sometimes if a bird's hung up or if I'm copying another bird, like if a hen's keying and you know he's got a tom with her, you start keying back at them, it is, they go nuts. And so um, – it's not exactly something that I use a ton in the spring, but it is something you keep in your keep in your old grab bag of tricks. Yep. Nope. I'd agree with that. It, it's definitely not something that I can say I've I've realistically killed many birds with, but yep. there have been some scenarios where I threw it out there, just trying to entice a tom to think I am a real turkey and not a hunter, and it did work in my mind um maybe it was coincidence maybe it wasn't but it it did seem like that was the something that got him to flip the switch and go okay that's a hen not a hunter that there's actually turkeys over there i'm going to come over and check it out and he got a two-inch hole put through the front of him which it hey worked out great for me you know heck yeah yep exactly I'm, i'm trying to think man there's on, um, and then I obviously you do have the gobble. The gobble guys, I get that question a lot. Is done a lot. Of, I do a lot of gobbling all over the place. It's my last case scenario sound. You know, everyone knows what the gobble means. What I do is, if I can't get a tom to come in, I'll hit him with a gobble. And I've had a lot of turkeys come in after they won't answer anything, and then I hit them with a gobble, and all of a sudden they just fire back up. I killed four or five last year, and I, I remember I just like. Stupid turkey! I'm gonna start gobbling at him, and, it, and a few of them were Goulds turkeys, and they just freaking go nuts over it. And then Easterns, you know, the Miriams—they don't go as nuts over it for me. You know, uh, the Easterns and the Goulds and the Osceolas—they seem to react better to a, a gobble. So now <clears throat> I gobble a lot when I am basically midday walking ridges, walking around edges of fields, and I'm trying just to shot gobble a bird, I will hit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like when I'm trying to basically press the go button on somebody and get them to fire up, but, but I immediately will then go into cuts or yelps or, or I, I immediately switch to a hen. I, I rarely ever stay with the gobble and maybe, you know, maybe that's something you might say, well, you know, yes and no, or maybe it's, yeah, Clint, that's, that's the way to do it. I don't know, but I I don't typically stick with that gobble for very long. Once I get a bird to hit me back, I kind of let that call go 
and I dive right into cuts and yelps, and, I, and, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep him fired up. Um, yeah. It, 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 does that – would you say that the majority of the time that is maybe the way to do it, or, or do you think a guy could still run with that that gobble and probably have similar success? Or, or do you think the way to go is straight to the hen after you got him fired up, okay, he hit you, maybe he double-clutched you, he knows you're there, and then right to the hen? What's what's kind of your take on that? Because I've, I've always thought, you know, do I do I give up on this gobble sometimes too quick? Um, or, you know, is that just kind of the standard? Like, hey, get him to gobble with a gobble and then immediately go to that hen. Well, if he's, if he's answering it good, uh, I, I've tried. So it's funny. The best example I have, I remember this Gould this last year. I called one in. My wife killed it. Um, and we're sitting there, and I'm calling, and I'm calling, and I'm calling, and this bird's just sitting there, just gobbling. I'm like, Come on, man. I said, I said, Lex, watch this. I said, I'm going to start gobbling it. And he just, I'm like, huh. Okay, well, I just started hit, gobbling at him, and I, I'd yelp, and I'd cut myself off, just yelp, and then, and, and then all of a sudden, sure enough, I said, shoot, he's getting closer, and I'd gobble at him, and I'd gobble at him, but as soon as I see him, every time, I've never gobbled him all the way in. As soon as I see him, or they're getting to that 100-yard mark or whatever, I'll yep. set the gobbling down. Yep. Yep. Because I don't know what it is. I just don't think I, I – and, and this is maybe the wine thing, too. I just don't think I sound good enough. They've got a different, different, like, this in-your-face feel. I mean, obviously, when they get in the decoys, man, I gobble at them all the time. When they're in the I, when I'm screwing around with them, I want them to do something cool for my camera, then I start gobbling at them. No, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, I, I think I I, I would say for me, you know, it, it makes sense, that philosophy of, especially you get them to 100 or whatever, it's time to, to go back because – you know, you get a bird in at 30, 40 yards that gobbles. And I mean, the vibrations and the sound waves that's coming out of his mouth, it's like they can hit you right in the face. And then if you get one at like 15 or 10 yards that gobbles, I mean, it feels like the ground is rumbling beneath you. And I tell yeah. I tell guys all the time, you know, that's the one thing with a bugling bull or a gobbling tom that we – really can't mimic is I, I feel like it's that thunderous just bah, 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 you know no, or, no, or no, we it, can't. it's we can't touch it. right right so i don't like to make those sounds when an animal's close because i feel like they can feel that you know whereas a real elk a real tom they would feel that coming from that animal whereas i'm not able to mimic that so i get pretty nervous about having to do that with elk with a bull or with with a tom because in my mind it's just hard to hard to mimic that you know you're you're you can mimic the sound but the emotion and the vibration and just the actual sound waves themselves you know and and for anyone that has not had a turkey yet right in their face gobble yet um you're in for a hell of a ride because the first bird you yep. ever have gobble up in your face you're going to think back and be like wow bo and clint yeah, they were 100% right. It was like someone was hitting you with a ball bat with, with, with a gobble sound right in your face. I mean, it's there's really nothing like it. A big bull elk and, and, and a big strut and tom, if they sound off right in your face, I mean, it's it's pretty damn incredible. I mean, it, it's there's like I said, there's nothing like it in my opinion. So, so this is something that you brought it up in there. It doesn't sound like it. So this is what something that I do, and I want, I want to touch on it before. 
we get too far down anything else is turn your head or put your hand across your face call away like if you want to I, I do a lot of times with elk and turkeys I would like if that Tom was coming in if I was going to gobble at him I would gobble away from him I yep. turn my head to, around behind that tree and just mm-hmm. gobble that way or yep. yelp that way if I, if I want to like if I want to be an aggressive yelp and I want but he's at 100 yards I will take my hand head and I'll turn it and I'll put my hand around and I'll yelp back that way and make it sound like it's back in the back in that valley behind me and that'll a lot of times drag them past you. And that's because I, I don't have a collar for elk hunting. When I, right. when I hunt elk by myself, I don't, I don't like having a collar with me. I, I just don't like it. I love calling for myself, but I'm very, very directional with my calling. Very rarely do I call straight at that bird or that elk. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm very directional with it. Makes a lot of sense. Be- well, the direction makes a ton of sense. And then what I was just talking about as far as that vibration and them feeling it from another animal makes sense because we can't mimic that. So if we're trying to call right at them, they're not going to get that and feel that like they would from a real, you know, another real Tom or another real bull. So that makes a ton of sense. And I've heard some different guys talk about that. And I've tried to keep that in mind that that's the better way to do it. I think where I get in trouble sometimes is I get all fired up and I'm like, yeah, you want to gobble at me? Watch this. And, 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 you know, you, <laughs> I, I almost just like think, oh yeah, heck yeah. All right, buddy, you want to gobble at me? I'm going to gobble at you. And it's like, I, I'll forget like, Hey, I can't play this game now that he's this close. I've got to sound yeah. like I'm over here because I can't yeah. totally mimic the sound and the frequency of what he's doing. So, no, that that's a great – and I'm glad you brought that up because that's a great tip. And that's something that you know I've heard some different guys talk about, and, and I never really truthfully understood it until I started hunting elk a lot. Now I'm at the point where I hunt elk every single year. And with elk, it really resonates because when a bull bugles close at you, versus when he's not so like let's say a bull's at 80 yards and he he bugles at you or 60 yards and then he turns his head there is a distinct difference when he is bugling close to you versus away from you and it's crazy that that difference but that's when i really started to figure it out as i'm like whoa like i've got i've got to quit calling facing these animals because i cannot do that well, that's, a, that's a, the elk side of things. I will get a bull at 40 yards, and he'll hang up right there, and most people, they just shut up. They won't say a thing. Yep. I'll take that cube, and I always have it right underneath my – right underneath my. Um, and this is with clients or whatnot, and I'll have it right underneath my armpit yep. that's facing behind me, and I'll, I'll lean into that thing, and my dad's done it a ton of times. It, I mean, just all sorts of different uh, – we'll, we'll call it these bulls, and they will just – They'll roll their eyes up, come running. I'll just yep. bugle right behind me, and they'll just come running right in, like it's nothing. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, that's that that's yeah. that that's a great tip for those of you listening out there. Write that down, pay attention because I have messed this up, um, and it's cost me elk, it's cost me turkeys, and this is something that you're hearing Bo talk about and giving you scenarios and explaining it to where you can actually paint the picture. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's cost me filling tags um, in the turkey woods and the elk woods because I just simply did not have that knowledge. And now we're throwing this out here to you. And it's something so simple, but it makes such a world of difference. Uh, it really does. That's, that's, 
and I mean, this isn't an elk seminar by any means, but if you're going to run that tube, have that thing over your shoulder to where you can put it behind you right there. Yep. Because can, that's that's how you that's how that's how you ought to run it. I mean, I'm telling you, this this nine times out of ten, you know, a lot of people want to have it on the ground or have it right here so they can point it right out. I'm telling you, keep that thing right there because very, very rarely do you need to really scream. I mean, I love screaming in their face. Oh yeah. We're getting we're getting off topic, but I'm telling you, I, I mean, I'm a, I grew up since I was four years old, an elk hunter, and that's that's what that's what I mean. Since I could walk, we'd sit. I'd watch my dad. He'd get those bulls. And I, I, a lot of people that have hunted with me, they're like, man, like you're going to, you called at him that close and he's just kept up. Because a lot of people are like, man, they hang up at 60 yards. I'm not afraid to call at him at 60 yards. There's bulls that I know not to call at at 60 yards. If he's got his eyes rolled up and he's coming, don't say a word. But he's coming in, he's looking and looking. And I'm like, I'm going to give him the, something to think about behind me, you know. And so you could, and it's, it, it's just calling. It, goes, it, it transfers a lot with turkey and elk yep. and and I mean, I wouldn't say waterfowl, but moose, moose too. I mean, I sit there and I'll I'll call call behind us and get him to come the rest of the way. So, no, absolutely. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this question out there, and and it's gonna be interesting to to see where you go with this. But let's say I said, okay, Bo, you can hunt turkeys the rest of your life, but. You can only use one sound and one sound only to kill turkeys the rest of your life. And if you can't get them to come in with that sound, that's it. That's all you can use. You got one tool in your toolbox. You got you got one trick in your bag of tricks. What sound would you pick and why? Man, I you know it's got it's got to be a yelp, man. At the end of the day, that's that's our bread and our butter. You give me a dang box call and timing, we'll go kill some turkeys. You know what I mean? It's it's yep. everything. If, it, if will I kill every single turkey? No, right. there's gonna be a lot of turkeys that I don't kill at the right. end of the day. Yep. You know what I mean? And and I would hunt turkeys a lot differently than I do today, though. You know, it would change how I hunt. Oh yeah. Yeah. But and I would I would. I think that I think you can say a lot with the, with the hen yelp, you, slowing it down, quietening it up, getting really loud with it, even without cutting. Um, adding in the spice and the flavor, like with the cuts and stuff, really can change the game. But man, it's that you can't beat a yelp. You can't beat a good yelp. That it's it's. And I but I I want a two note yelp. I'm not going to just take that that raspy. <laughs> I need the yeah yeah yeah. Need a pretty one though. That's that's what I'm asking for. If you had to give give me one sound. All right, I'll give you that. I can give you. I can so, give. I'll give perfect. you the old two note. I'll give you the two note yelp. I'll give you that. Okay, perfect. I'll Thank give you. you. I'll give you that. No, I like that. I like that. Now, I want to. I want to touch on something that you and I were talking about before we started this podcast, and I, and and I, I had to halt you and tell you, hey, you gotta you gotta wait till we we go live with this, but. So I'm a running gun guy with my bow. I love to do it. Um, I love to get turkeys fired up and then let them walk past me. And as they're walking past me, I'm going to draw when they can't see me and I'm going to kill them when they can't see me. That's that's my whole philosophy. That's my whole game plan. I kill a lot of birds in the woods where they're looking. They're looking. Where are you at? Where are you at? Hey, hey, where's, where's you know, oh, and I get, you know, I run a two-inch sever through them. But 
I always get asked, why don't you run decoys? And I'm going to be honest with you. Like I told you before, the podcast started. I just do not like to carry the damn things around. Well, you started to allude to a bag of tricks that you got up your sleeve with the decoys you guys have. And I'm really, really interested. And I think a lot of guys listening to this and ladies, um, especially ladies, because if you're a female bow hunter, like my girlfriend, for example, Sammy, she's little. Okay. Um, she's yep. not going to want to run and gun with 15 pounds of decoys, plus her vest, plus her bow or shotgun or whatever she's got. Um, that's just not going to be a ton of fun for her. Hell, it's not, that's not fun to me. I'll be honest with you. I, I just, that's just not my deal. But you started to allude to what kind of a system you've got for, for decoys when it comes to, especially bow hunting. I mean, especially a guy like me where, Having a direction for a bird to go is great to keep him occupied. So decoys are awesome. I just don't typically use them because they're kind of a pain in the ass if I'm being honest with you. They're cumbersome, man. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. And so this is the thing. So I'm reading here. So I'm just reading off our – so our – this is why I like our decoys so much. Ours are made out of a hard plastic, but they are literally – the Tom decoy is three pounds, and – Another comp, another oh, wow. company, another company is eight pounds, and then another company out there is ten pounds. I'm just put. I'm not saying which companies. Holy matter. shit! And so then our hen here, our hen decoy is twenty. Let's see, it's twenty three ounces. Let me see. Um, I'm just trying to get that. It's. I'm telling you, I put this dang thing on. You don't even know what's there. I'm walking – I mean, I used to walk in – and I mean, Dave Smith, he's a good friend of mine. Dave, Dave makes incredible decoys, and I used to walk in. There's some of these gates in Washington. We'd walk in four or five miles behind to get into turkeys with, with a bow. I mean, this is a freaking haul, and I'd carry that giant strutter all the way in there. Oh, like, gosh. And, it's, and, and, and I'll tell you, I killed turkeys doing it. Oh, yeah. And then I when I – it was my turn to make one. I'm like, no. You know, we got. I'm like, we need to make it smaller. It, at the end of the day, it's not that. It, it doesn't have to be a giant strutter. It's probably better than it's not. You know what I mean? And so ours is ours would be like a Jake strutter size, but I'm telling you, three pound, three point two pounds for the for the for the tom, and I think the hen would be like what two pounds maybe. So you're you're carrying five pounds, and I actually built a bag to put everything in. Uh huh. So you'd put all that stuff in there, and it's like it doesn't rub, doesn't make any noise, and it literally is it's just, it's it's bad to the bone. You just put that thing on, and you're just you're gone. It's no big deal. You pick your stuff up. I got a handle for the strutter, magnetic fan holder for the strutter, so you can pop the fan out real quick. No big deal. I mean, it's it, and the stake goes in the back of the decoy. I mean, it is fast. It's easy. It's not. It's it's made for running gun hunters. Well, I'll tell you what, you uh, you had me really intrigued and already partially sold um, before this podcast started. And now that we've gotten into numbers and and we've gotten into what's actually going on here, I haven't even looked at I haven't even looked at these things yet. But um, you know, we we've kind of alluded to to guys and girls at bars and whatnot throughout this podcast. You've kind of got 
you kind of got my panties already down to my kneecaps here, my man. I mean, I'm 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 pretty much committed at this point. It, it's 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 there now. I I feel like I'm I'm gonna have to have these. Uh, you've done a hell of a job with with your sales pitch because my whole deal was I don't want to carry this sack looking like I'm Santa rocking around with Christmas presents while I've already got they're a hitting vest. The back of your, they're hitting the back oh. of your, they're hitting the back of your, they're hitting the back of your, it's your terrible. Knees. It's and, terrible. And, and that's the, and that's why I built that bag too. It's a backpack style bag for, I'm an elk hunter. I'm not carrying that crap. You know what I mean? I, I want something that I can go, I can go 15 miles a day. I put my cameras in it. I carry it around. I love it. It's, it's, that's how, that's how I run, man. I, I, I man, love it. It's, this is, it's, this- Without cameras, man, it's like right. It's, it doesn't it even tell us there. This is uh, this is good. This is man. This might be a complete game. I'll tell you what. It, it was meant to be to have you on, my man. This is this could be a complete game changer for a guy like me because I'm I'm like the minimalist. Um, you know, I run yeah. uh, I run um when Sitka come out with their their new vest i i was one of the lucky ones that got to kind of test it and and um you know i do a lot yeah. of work with those guys trevor and everybody over there and um yeah trevor's my homie yeah yeah absolutely and, and it was i'm like this thing's built for me um because i'm not it, a, it is i'm not a decoy guy so i don't i don't i don't need this gigantic bucket looking vest that i got to carry all these decoy but you know, you're talking about five pounds versus 12 to 15. And, and I've just, I've got all these things rolling through my head now about, wow, I could really step my game up to another level. Still no blind, still just natural cover, but throw, yep. throw decoys out. And now this adds to my flavor on fields because one part of my game where I lack without decoys is field edges and field sits. I, that's not my jam. I kill my turkeys. No, no, you got to have something for them to look at. Exactly. So, so now that changes now. Okay. This brings me to my next question here. Um, We've talked about calling the whole time and, and and we're going to wrap this up with decoys. And I think they, they go hand in hand. What's the perfect set. Okay. So do you want two decoys, three decoys, one decoy? I mean, if I said, Hey, you can, you can, two, two decoys, I run three a mm-hmm. lot of times in the spring, but the lay down hen doesn't take up any room. You know what I mean? It's right, like the right. lay down hen's a little itty bitty thing. Some places it matters having it out, and they just jump up right on top of it, and it's awesome. There's other times there's tall grass. You're like, why did I bring this thing? And so, if I have a, a feeder hen mm-hmm. and an apex strutter, yep, like our like our strutter decoy, yep, I will kill turkeys everywhere. And and not only that, but the, I used I went one year we killed. X amount of turkeys with the with the Jake, and we killed X amount with the after we came out with the Tom. It's the same amount, but the way that a Tom comes into a strutter decoy and beats the living crap out of it is totally different. You know, yeah, they come into a strutter decoy to whoop. You know what I mean? And I I love that. I love watching them come dead sprint running across the field. No, or that's right through the woods. They oh see, yeah, they, they're full strut the whole way running. Yep. No, and you so, can't. And you've done all that work on the calling side to get them all fired up. They yep. come through, and you see a white head, you're ready to watch. Yep. Now, so. how do you, as a bow hunter, how are you setting? Are you setting them? Okay, so let's say you've got your two decoys. How are you setting them up? What's your placement? So you've got a Tom. He's answered you. I'm going to paint the picture for you guys out there. Okay, you got this Tom. He's answered. You're like, yep, he's on his way. Um, probably by himself maybe let's say it's midday 
How would you yep. set up these two decoys? Are, and, and where are you placing them? Are you Do you want the tom to go right in front of you, past you? What's your decoy placement? Is the hen facing the, the, the tom? Or maybe you've got a jake. Is, you know, what, what's kind of the setup in your mind in a scenario like this, which is a pretty common scenario, um, middle yep. of the day, lone tom, or maybe it's two toms. Um, what would be your setup? What do you, how are you killing this bird with your bow? Okay, so this is that's a great question. I, and I will say for the first part, quickly. That's the yes. biggest thing. Yes, I agree. And, <laughs> Quickly. Yeah, yeah. And so what I do is I like to, and this without a blind, you definitely want to put it off to the side. You want to drag that guy past you. Yep. So you can draw your bow when he goes behind a tree. But with it, with the blind too, I don't want, I don't want my opening, my window to be facing the direction that Tom's going to be coming per se. You know, like directly. So he's looking right. through decoy at me. Yep. I wanted to get to the side a little bit, um, but I, I put them at exactly 13 steps. I, I walk it off every time. That's that's my dad and I saying, and it's, I, said, I said, okay, 13 steps, right? He said, yep, and I run out there, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and I'm, I'm good. And so I know exactly every time that's what we're shooting when we're practicing because you've got to be hitting a dang good spot. Oh, yeah. To kill a turkey with a bow. Yep, softball basically. And, softball. Yep, yep, exactly. And so, and and and, and uh, that's why that's why I'm very, 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 very. Uh, I I, I want to make sure it's exactly 13 yards, 13 steps. You know, and we step it off. We I run back in as fast as I can. I get ready for action. He's, he's gonna. He's, a lot of times he'll be he'd be there a lot quicker than you would hope, and. Um, like with our decoy, we have a, a motion system in it. In it, if I have my way, I want the decoy um, facing kind of quartering to me. So mm-hmm. when he comes in, he's going to face it. That's what yep. he's going to do. Yep. Or he's going to go right to the back of him and try and look through his fan. Yep. And so I, I, what I'm trying to do is get him to the side of me. Straight sideways is okay. Um, it, it, it's good too, but I really like it when he's quartering towards me a little bit because he kind of turns and he quarters to the tom. He's facing it, quartering to it, and usually presents a pretty good shot. So you got, you know, you kind of think through these things when you're putting your decoy out. What he's going to do though, I promise you, nine times out of ten, as long as he doesn't come in with the, you know, kick and chicken karate kick and jump on top of him, he's going to come like this and you're going to hear, and he's going to come around the decoy. And he's going to look that thing right in the face. He's going to start pecking his face, and that's usually what they do. Or he's going to, or he's going to stand on top of that laydown head. That's a great place to shoot him. It's right off the top of that laydown head. And that's when you, you absolutely got to kick the game-winning field goal and end it all right there. That's your, there's, there's your sign to get it done right now. Yep, exactly. And take your time and make yep. sure it's, make sure it's right. If he's in your decoys, it's, it's, it's. Right, like, we'll, we usually, we, we're like, okay, we're waiting. Like, draw your bow. Yep. Look. Okay, 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 that looks good. That should be about right. You see, a lot mm-hmm. of times, as long as they're not beating the living crap out of it, they move slow, you know. They're like, they're moving around it. They're slowly moving this way, slowly moving that way. And they, I mean, they're pissed off. Don't get me wrong. But they're they're just moving around that thing. So you got you just take your time and burn that pin and just squeeze it off. So, yes. Yeah. Shot executions, everything on them. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Bo, you, you've you've really 
you really sold me. I, I'm uh, I'm really damn excited to. Uh, I gotta get yeah. my hand, I gotta get my hands on some of these decoys because, like I said, you know I. I love the philosophy behind it. And for a bow hunter that runs in guns with no blind, it's, it's great. Yep. You know, I'm, I am very one dimensional. If I have to run and gun, um, birds that are on fields, I yep. have to call them out of the field into the woods. And that is a very tricky deal. And that doesn't usually work in my favor. So then I end up waiting till they move off the field. And then I try to go get back on them. Well, this solves. Yep that problem tenfold because that is that is yep. a, a flaw in my armor right now is I don't like to carry decoys. I, I it's just not yep. my you know, so so this is yeah, this is that's a game changer, man. And and I'm glad we talked about that because we've talked about, you know, calling and, and, and what sounds and what vocab and when to do it and, and, and how that can all play it you know and an effect into the whole game and emotion. And the decoys yep. kind of bring it full circle because now you've got I can see it. I can hear it. You've really got a bird now tricked into, hey, this is the real jam. I'm just going to go in here and either whoop this Jake's ass or I'm going to come breed this hen or whatever it is. You've got the full circle now that you're working with, which is better than like me, for example. I'm working with a half circle, not a full circle when I'm killing these birds because I'm not playing the decoy game. But if you can add both of that – um, now I have to well, ask hunting, you, you can attest hunting turkeys is hard. Oh, it is the huh. hardest thing oh, yeah. with a bow. Oh yeah. I, I tell people that all the time and they're like, dude, you run around 50, 60 nights <sighs> on the sides of mountains and chase mule deer and elk every year. I said, I know. I said, and that's hard, but physically yeah. just the act of killing the animal because yeah. of the small size of a, it's basically a softball. I've got a hit. They are harder than anything to kill. Um, now, yeah. So i I have to ask you your opinion on this. So I have a lot of guys that'll and, and they've asked me, and I've got my own philosophy, and we're going to see if it lines up on yours. Okay, birds coming in. Tom's coming in. He's gobbling. He's gobbling the whole time. The whole time. He tops the hill, or he peeks around a corner. Here's the decoys. He folds spins around and gets the hell out of there like you just shot him in the foot with a 22 what yep. in that in that scenario what has happened and why do you think what why is that bird doing that why did that just take place because i've had this happen to me before and i'm just like my god that bird was as hot as a freaking skillet on a sunday morning he's could a, be he's got his ass kicked mm-hmm yep yeah okay he's got his ass kicked and it's 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 uh I have it a few times. It's usually in high population areas that I have that happen. You know, you get a two-year-old, and there's just a big tom in there, and it's just whooping it. Or a group, a big group of jakes that's whooping whooping their butts, too. And that's that's where you'll have that happen. I mean, it happens. It's There's no way around it. And you know what? I've learned about that. Throw the decoys aside, and then go kill them. He'll, he'll light up again. He's not going to just shut down for the rest of the day. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yep. And and so, there's been times where I've done exactly that. I've looped around the direction he was going, left the decoys and said, the hell with that. Got him fired up and, yep. then, and then brought him in and got him killed. But, yeah, I, I just – I figured that was the philosophy. And I, I remember hearing um, – I forget if it was maybe Terry or Mark, one of the juries talking yep. about that, how – 
a lot of times when that happens in their mind, it's because a bird, he's got his ass whooped. So that, that, that's kind of how I've always viewed it is, oh, well, it wasn't anything I did. It's just, he was like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm out of here. It's, yep, I'm, no, I don't. You'll, you'll be surprised how many times, how easy, I mean, how easy they can be, they can be killed too. It's, it's, and it can be from a strutter too. Right. You have a strutter decoy out and I'll come back over and I'll, I'll throw a jake out for him. And yep. Just come right in. Yep. No, and, that makes, that, so, that makes sense. Yeah, it's and, and and I'll tell you, I've also I've also seen it where they're just scared of their own shadow. Where they're just, yep. they don't they're just like breathing heavy and they're running around goblin and they're getting chased by Jake's and it's it, they're just you know scared to death of everything. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Bo, dude, we we have covered. I mean, we've covered more than than honestly. We we got we've gotten into more good rabbit holes than I even thought we would, which is great because we've covered so much stuff that honestly I wasn't even thinking about till we got into this. But I want to make sure. Okay, people have heard you talk. They've got to hear you call. Now they know about these kick-ass decoys. Where can guys find you? Follow you? Buy your calls, buy your decoy. Give me the A to Z plug on if I want to be, hey, I am, I'm stalking Bo Brooks or I'm madly in love with Bo Brooks. Where do I follow this guy? Where, where can I get, cause you've got a million channels and a million deals on social. I mean, wh- where can a guy get more of you? Uh, cause I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, man, we have got to get on this guy's YouTube. We got to get on this guy's Instagram. I mean, you are putting out a ton of knowledge. 24-7. I watch it all the time. So give us the rundown because you've got a lot of places for people to find you. So, um, if, like, Instagram, you could easily find me, Bowhunter66, and then our Higdon Outdoors and Power Calls, obviously, is our channels on there. Um, and we're on Facebook, you know, the whole nine yards. TikTok, you just got to type in Bow Brooks Turkey Call, and I'll promise you it'll pop up. Um, and then uh, if we... As far as, you know, just the calls go, uh, man, we sell our calls on powercalls.com. And mm-hmm. uh, Higdon, and a lot of our local dealers, too, have them. But uh, Higdon Outdoors, our turkey decoys, you know, we, we're we I've been in this for five years, and we've had turkey decoys. So we're really just getting our feet on everything, you know. Um, super excited about everything. You know, a lot of people haven't heard of our decoys. And I'll tell you one thing, if they, every person that gets a chance to hold them in their hands and see all the different features, they're like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's pretty exciting, but no, man, we have the Higdon Outdoors uh, YouTube channel. Um, that's where I put out a lot of my content. I have a, a deal on there. It's called Bow Hunting. It's my uh, YouTube live, live series. I film it all myself. And so, um, but the most educational stuff you're going to find, if you guys have TikTok, if you don't already, I do tutorials weekly on there. And I go live twice a week on there and answer every single question. I won't, I won't miss a question for the most part. Um, and just try and help anyone I can out. And if you send me a message on your calling or have a turkey question, I'll answer everything to the best of my ability. So, well, and I can attest to that, Bo, because I've, I've been on some of those lives and I have got to, uh, I, I follow you on TikTok and, and I watch a lot of your stuff on a lot of different platforms, but on TikTok, especially in the YouTube channel, um, Man, for somebody that wants to, hey, how do I even yelp on a mouth call? How do I even get a mouth call to make a noise? I mean, anything from the beginners clear into, hey, 
How do I whine like you? How do I, you know, cut and yelp like you? I mean, it, you've got it all from A to Z. And that's one thing about this podcast is, is I want to make sure we throw out there. We didn't get into the instructional side because it is so much better to, you know, instead of us wasting time trying to do that, it, uh, guys can go on your channels and watch you do it and look at your tutorials and actually see the movements your mouth makes. Yeah, you got to see it. Yes, you gotta see it. yes, tongue placement. And that's something I want you guys to all go do is go to Bo's channels because the way you describe it and how you kind of, I guess, format each video, I've noticed it's very precise on tongue placement, what my lips are doing, what my jaw's doing, um, what cadence, you know, you're, you're very precise in a way that even a, a beginner, I mean, I've been running read calls and mouth calls my whole life, but I have picked up on how the foundation for a lot of these videos, for all you listening out there, who have never even ran a mouth call before, there are videos for you guys that are just the basic, hey, Here's how to make a sound, not even a turkey sound. Let's just start with making a sound on this damn yeah, call. Yeah, don't try and make a turkey sound. Exactly. Make a sound. That's the yep. best thing ever. Exactly. And, and, and you know, you, you do a great job at, at, I think, building confidence in guys. And, and for anyone listening to this, guys or girls that is kind of afraid to get into the mouth call game or you're just like, man, I, I, I want to run read calls, but I'll be honest, I have no idea what I'm doing. Go check out Bo. Um, like I said, man, you do a hell of a job. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I mean, it, you really do. I mean, you do a hell of a job of putting out content for everyone from beginners all the way up to guys that are on the pro level of doing it like, you know, where you're at. So, man, I can't thank you enough. This has been, uh, gosh dang, I love talking turkeys. I'm sure you figured that out real quick. I love to bow hunt them. I love to learn about them. I love to talk to them. And this has been just a wealth of knowledge for myself. Everybody listening, I uh, I honestly I can't can't thank you enough for coming on, my man. It's it's got me fired up, and it's only March first. I still got to get through shed season and get some more food plots frost seeded, and then I can really start getting into my turkey groove here in about another five or six weeks. I'll be heading to Kansas and Nebraska to start it all off. But man, I'm fired up. I'm ready to jump in the truck and head west right now. Heck yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, God, hopefully, uh, hopefully you stay on in the spring. And I, I just appreciate the opportunity, man, to get on here and talk to you about it. Because we're so pa- passionate about it. And I love any chance I can get to talk about turkey hunting. I, I love it. Hey, absolutely. And, and just so I, I know everybody's going to message me. You got to get that guy back on there to talk about elk calling. Trust me. Everybody knows I'm a big elk guy. Bo, you're going to have to come back on here in a few months and we're going to have to talk elk, brother. We're going to have to do a two hour deal on nothing but screaming bulls and hot cows. Uh, hey, man, you, I, 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 everyone asks me, what's your favorite? I can't choose, man. Yep. I, I love elk hunting. I love turkey hunting. They're, they're, I mean, anything I can call, man. I, I live, breathe, sleep it. And we'll talk about some night bugling and get these guys, get these oh, guys some of the, some of the, the Western, Western, Western native stuff. That's where it's at, man. I locate yep. and, and we're not even going to get in down this rabbit hole because we'll be another two hours, but that, that is my jam. I talk about it in my seminars. I write about it. I locate and find most of my bulls at night. And that is where I make my moves and my game plans. And, and yeah, we definitely. Yep. We're going to have you back on. People's going to want to hear that conversation because I can already tell that's going to be a good one. So, man, I can't thank you enough. Like I said, a few more months, you uh, you get rested up from all your turkey adventures, man. We're gonna we're definitely going to talk screaming bulls, that's for sure. Okay, that sounds good, buddy. I really appreciate it. Hey, 
Absolutely. Bo, thanks again. We'll talk soon. Good luck this spring. You guys all know what to do. Don't fucking settle. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Files.